welcome to another edition a train sports talk podcast your host anthony smith and uh i'm delighted to be back with you i know it's been a few days and i know i need to be consistent with this but hey midweek is wednesday and for me i just have one more work day and the weekend is here here in the ICT, a.k.a. Wichita, Kansas, on a rainy night tonight. Uh, I'm going to get back into my AAC report as I do my college football preview. Uh, but news came out today, especially for Wichita State fans, because we don't have a football team. So uh, we're looking forward to the basketball season. I mean, if I can kind of throw a jab at, you know, that's, theme song that KU football fans are used to saying wait to basketball season. Probably won't gain too many friends with that remark, but hey, it's all about having fun. So the news out of Wichita State camp today is that Dexter Dennis will be back for his junior season. So that's good news for Wichita State fans, which to me, it was a no-brainer. Me personally, I knew he would be back. And you have to think of all the narratives that took place during the offseason with all the player defections. Uh, Then you look at the makeup of this team. What gave me the indication that he would be back? Because I think him and Morris Desi has built a relationship amongst themselves. And mind you, Morris Desi has also put his name in the transfer portal only to decide that, hey, you know what? I'm going to stay put, I think, and this is my personal opinion, there were people inside his ear, and I'm not going to throw any names under the bus. I could, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let well enough alone. alone. I'm going to leave well enough alone. And the one thing I can most definitely say, moving forward, if you think you're going to get anything out of Dexter Dennis as to what went on over the offseason, you can hang that up. I was reading part of a report from The Athletic that said that uh, Greg Marshall you know, had a situation with some of that same group of players who left when they were newcomers. And the thing about that team is they only had two seniors to try to keep everything in check. So the season started off rough, and as the season progressed, Greg just basically simplified things. And they went on a deep run in the NIT tournament. Well, I'm pretty sure Greg can draw off that experience, seeing that he has seven newcomers. But the good thing about the makeup of this team is this right here compared to that team when he had nine new faces. You have Dexter Dennis. You have Trey Wade. You also have Morris Udesi. You have Isaiah Poorbear Chandler. Those are four upperclassmen. Those are four guys who have been in the program. Granted, Trey Wade transferred into the program last year. But you have that leadership something that was, to an extent, lacking about two, three years ago when they only had 
Marcus McDuffie and Samar J. Haynes Jones. If you back up to that, the team that graduated like seven graduations in a player defection and one player went to the NBA, that team, which also had uh, Shaq Morris, he had Landry Shamit. Remember that crop of players? They were just waiting their time because they were on teams with the two-headed monster known as Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet. And Fred didn't take no jump. But that team was just waiting for their moment because they knew their place. So moving forward, we're looking forward to this year's team because Greg seems to have brought in a good crop of players. You can't sleep on this team. Greg knows how to coach. And keep this in mind. I believe over the last 10 or 11 seasons, there are four teams that have had 20-plus win seasons. Kansas, Duke, Gonzaga, Wichita State. I see that's pretty good company to be in. So we're looking forward to this year's season. We're looking forward to seeing what this team is going to bring to the court. And like I said, don't sleep on them. Just because they got newcomers, don't sleep on them. I think these players that Greg brought in will fit their mold. They want to be coached. You have players that have that upper class leadership. So I think this team will be all right. So now let me move forward because I started a college football preview. And I was looking at the AAC and all you guys as far as Cincinnati. So now we're going to pick this back up because Cincinnati was the first team we looked at. Tonight I'm going to attempt to look at two teams, Memphis Tigers and UCF Knights. So we're looking at their coaching staff, and they are headed by head coach Brian Silverfield, his offensive coordinator, Kevin Johns, defensive coordinator, Mike McIntyre. Memphis fans began the last decade watching local football. This decade has been ushered in by coming off an American Athletic Conference Championship and high expectations entering the 2020 season. Memphis was 12-2 and two and finished number 17 in the final Associated Press poll last year. The dozen victories were a school record, and the Tigers ended the season with a trip to the Cotton Bowl, where they lost a high-scoring affair to Penn State, 53-39. The new decade also brings in a new head coach. Brian Silverfield was promoted to replace Mike Novell after he left to take over. Florida State program. Silverfield's familiar with the Tigers after spending the past four years on the coaching staff, the last as deputy head coach. He's helped the team advance to the AAC championship game in three consecutive seasons. The offense will be led by an experienced quarterback. Brady White threw 4,014 yards and 33 touchdowns last season to fuel one of the nation's top attacks. His top target will be DeMonte Coxie, who 
led last year's team in receptions with 76, receiving yards 1,276, and touchdown receptions 9. Coxie is only the third player in Memphis history to have more than 1,000 yards, 1,000 receiving yards in a season. Calvin Austin III, 17 catches, 315 yards, will be asked to contribute more in the passing game. The running game will be led by Kenneth Gainwell, who is arguably the Tigers' top. The sophomore took over for injured Patrick Taylor Jr. last season and finished as an All-American runner for after running for 1,459 yards and adding 610 receiving yards. Gainwell was responsible for 37 plays of 15-plus yards, which ranked second nationally. Dylan Parham is the anchor on the offensive line. The left guard enters the fall with 28 consecutive starts at the position. An experienced defense returns to be guided by a new coordinator, Mike McIntyre, who was D.C. at Ole Miss last season and head coach at Colorado from 2013 to 2018. O'Brien Goodson has 36 career starts on the defensive line and will be charged with containing things at the point of attack. And Joseph Dorcias had 14 and a half tackles for loss last season, including five sacks. Linebacker Xavier Cullens and safety Sanchez Blake Jr. are the Tigers' top returning tacklers. Both had 69 stops last season, while Cullens added three and a half tackles for a loss. So we look at their schedule coming up and first game of the season September 5th will be against Arkansas State then they have a road game at Purdue. Some are predicting them to lose that game. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think that's a game that they can win. Then they have a home game against Houston. Then on the 26th of September, they go to University of Texas, San Antonio. Followed by October 1st at SMU. October 16th, this could be a game changer against UCF. October 24th, they got a game against Temple. October the 31st, some say this game could probably decide the champion as well at Cincinnati. November the 7th, South Florida, November 14th at Navy, then November 21st, University of Tennessee Martin, and then they close out on the road at Tulane on the 28th. Looking at their five-year record, 2015, they were 9-4, 2016, 8-5, 2017, they were 10-3, 2018, they were 8-6, and, and 2019 was their breakout year when they went 12-2. Their projected starters for this year, quarterback Brady White, a 6'3 senior, running back Kendall Gainwell, a 5'11 sophomore, left tackle Brian Thomas, 6'4 junior, left guard Dylan Parham, a 6'3 junior, center Isaac Ellis, a 6'2 sophomore, right guard Manuel Orana Lopez, a 6'3 senior. Right tackle, Obina Ezi, 
a six foot eight junior. Tight end Cameron Wilson, a six seven sophomore. Wide receiver Taj Washington, five eleven freshman. Wide receiver Demonte Coxon, sixteen senior, and wide receiver Calvin Austin the third, a five nine junior. On the defensive side, we're looking at defensive end Jaleel Clemens, a six three sophomore. Nose tackle O'Brien Goodson, six one senior. Defensive tackle Morris Joseph, six two senior. Defensive end Joseph Dorcias, six foot senior. Linebacker JJ Russell, six one senior. Linebacker Xavier Cullens, six one junior. Cornerback Cameron Fleming, five seven sophomore. Cornerback Jacob Francis, five ten senior. Nickelback. Thomas Pickens, a 6'2 senior. Free safety, Sanchez Blake, a 6'0 junior. And strong safety, DeAndre Thomas, 6'1 junior. The specialist handling the kicking duties will be Riley Patterson, a 6'0 senior. And punter, Adam Williams, a 6'5 junior. So the recruiting report goes as follows. Your top signees. Kadarius Taylor, a wide receiver, he's a three-star. Keelan Brown, a quarterback, three-star. And the third, Kai Matthew, wide receiver, three-star athlete. New coach Ryan Silverfield put together a strong class after being named coach on December 13th, doing so by reaching out across the country. Memphis signed four in-state players and also eight prospects from eight more states. The gem of the class is junior college transfer, Kondarius Taylor, a long wide receiver who should have an immediate impact. Dual threat quarterback, Keelan Brown, is also a nice talent. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to take a break and slide in a word from my sponsor. When I come back, we'll talk about the UFC, University of Central Florida Knights. I'm Anthony Smith. Welcome back, and now we are going to look at the UCF Knights. They are led by head coach, and this is his third year with a 22-4 record, Josh Heupel. UCF is no longer an alphabet name school that left some wondering the site of its campus home. The Knights have bullied their way toward the top of the non-Power 5 schools, win 35 of your last 39 games, and that reputation comes with the territory. Coach Josh Heupel enters his third year in Orlando as head coach with plenty of weapons on his roster, following a 10-3 season. Quarterback Dylan Gabriel returns after setting a school record with 3,653 passing yards as a freshman. He tossed 29 touchdown passes against only seven interceptions. Gabriel continues to learn from rehabbing senior quarterback Mackenzie Milton and will compete against the two-time AAC Player of the Year for the starting job. If Milton is healthy, Milton remains on the roster and is aiming for a 2020 return. After a devastating knee injury at the end of the 2018 campaign sidetracked his career. 
the Knights will have a committee approach at running back. Otis Anderson, 113 carries, 726 yards. Greg McCray, 98 carries, 529. And Ventavius Thomas, Thompson, 87 for 604 yards. Each had a similar account of touches, amount of touches and production last season. Senior wide receivers, Marlon Williams, 51 catches, 717 yards. Trey Nixon, 49 catches, 830. And Jacob Harris, 19 catches, 448 yards. Will be the key elements in the passing game after combining for 14 touchdown catches in 2019. The offensive line will have a few new faces. Samuel Jackson, Cole Schneider, and Parker Boudreaux are returning as starters. Look for Marcus Tatum, a transfer from Tennessee, to step in at right tackle. Former University of Miami head coach Randy Shannon enters his third season as the Knights' defensive coordinator. He'll have an experienced secondary and a young defensive line in 2020. Safety Richie Grant, 78 tackles, and linebacker Eric Mitchell, 77, are the team's top returning playmakers. Mitchell also had 11 tackles for loss and three sacks on his 2019 resume. Safety Antoine Collier posted a team high four interceptions last season and added 74 tackles, while nickelback Aaron Robinson had 54 tackles and three interceptions for UCF. The Knights will have two early non-conference tests against ACC teams on the schedule that could set the tone for their season, hosting North Carolina in the opener and visiting Georgia Tech two weeks later. So let's look at their five-year record. 2015, 0-12. 2016, 6-7. 2017, 13-0. 2018, 12-1. 2019, 10-3. Their projected starters, quarterback Dylan Gabriel, 6'1", sophomore. Running back Otis Anderson. 5'11", senior, left tackle, Samuel Jackson, 6'6", junior, left guard, Cole Snyder, 6'4", junior, center, Matthew Lee, 6'4", freshman, right guard, Parker Boudreaux, 6'4", sack, Marcus Tatum, 6'6", senior, tight end, Jake Hescock, 6'7", senior, wide receiver, Amari Johnson, 5'10", sophomore, wide receiver, Trey Nixon, 6'2 senior and wide receiver Marlon Williams, 6 foot senior. On the defensive side, defensive end, Landon Woodson, 6'6 six, six sophomore, nose tackle, Anthony Montalvo, 6'3 junior, defensive tackle, Kayla Kelia Davis, 6'2 junior. Defensive end, Randy Charlton, 6'3", junior. Linebacker, Eric Mitchell, 6'2", senior. Linebacker, Tatum Bethune, 6'1", sophomore. Nickelback, Aaron Robinson, 6'1", senior. Cornerback, Tay Gowan, 6'2", senior. Cornerback, Zamari Maxwell, 6'1", junior. Free safety, Antoine Carrier, 6'3", senior. Strong safety, Richie Grant. 
And the specialist handling the kicking duties will be Daniel Obarski, a 6'2 sophomore, and punter Andrew Osteen, a 6'1 sophomore. Their recruiting report, their top signees, number one, Jacques Creddy, a wide receiver, three-star athlete, Paul Rubelt, offensive tackle, three-star athlete, and Cornelius Forrest Jr., tight end, a three-star athlete. The Knights finished in the AAC recruiting, finished fifth in the AAC recruiting, but filled their needs well, including grabbing Tennessee transfer Marcus Tatum for the offensive line, a sign of growth for the program and the league. Of the 20 newcomers, which includes eight early enrollees, there are no two-star prospects. Coach Josh Heifel and the staff went heavy on the skill spots by bringing in six defensive backs and four receivers. Big tight end Cornelius Forrest Jr. has a great upside. And their schedule looks like this. Opening game, hosting September the 4th, North Carolina. Then on the 12th, Florida International, then on the 18th at Georgia Tech, then starts conference play on the 24th at East Carolina. October the 3rd is a home game against Tulsa. October the 16th, big matchup against Memphis. And that game is on the road at Memphis. Then they come back home on the 24th against Tulane, back on the road on the 31st at Houston. Then on the 7th, they got Florida A&M on the 14th of November, Temple, November 21st, another big game, Cincinnati. Then they close out 27th at South Florida. So there you have, as part of your college football preview, a look at the AAC. Check back in tomorrow. We will look at four teams. We will look at Temple, Navy, SMU, and Houston in that order. But until then, take care of yourself and each other. This is your host for A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, Anthony Smith. Have a blessed evening.